This episode of Harmonious Gentlemen is brought to you by Blind Man Brewing, makers of Jason Kenney's favorite craft beer in central Alberta. Say hi to Hans. Harmonious Gentlemen. Welcome to Harmonious Gentlemen. We're recording today from Queen's Diner on the west side of Red Deer. It's a cool little breakfast. Actually, I think they serve more than breakfast, but we're here for breakfast. Yeah. It's a old school diner, kind of like a trailer kind of thing. But it's, it's not large, right? So like we oh. are in like a third of the whole place probably with our gear here. Like yeah. we take up most of the restaurant. I'm getting some looks. My back's to the rest of the diner, but I think we're getting some looks. Yeah, if you can picture yeah. this, just the computer, the setup, the microphones, the headphones. Yeah. And our entourage is kind of waiting yeah. in the wings. We look important, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we got uh, Peter here today. How's it going? Yeah. Hey, Peter. Hey, Peter. Yeah. It's, a P- it's a Peter episode, everyone. Call your friends. Subscribe. It's a Peter episode. Yeah, so uh, today, Chris, what do you think we're going to talk about? Well, I, I was informed before the show that mm-hmm. it's going to be about politics. Ooh. I think, right? Yes. You really said, ooh, <laughs> like you weren't sure. We haven't really waded into those waters yet, have we? Yeah. I I think I'm going to get going now. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was nice seeing yeah. you guys. Yeah. 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 And, and maybe more than just politics, but the political climate around Alberta, we've had a recent election, so yeah. it's going to yeah. be good to reflect on that a little bit. And yeah, this is going to, this topic is, I think, perfect for our podcast, Harmonious Gentlemen, where we want to talk about something that is divisive, but try to do it in a harmonious way. And politics is one of those things that is getting more and more divisive. So it's also kind of perfect for the location we're in, like, a diner people are just coming in for breakfast is where you talk about those kinds of things right yeah. over your morning coffee yeah exactly so I'm hoping to offend as many people as possible this morning I like it <laughs> and I'm trying not to yeah. offend anybody so it's well before we get to our topic let's maybe do some recommendations hey sounds good yeah right, sounds great I'm going to recommend Queen's Diner, which, as we mentioned, mm. we are recording here mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Fran, she's our server. She's been awesome. Yeah. Um, when uh, Chris walked in, they yelled, Virgin on table nine. <laughs> yeah. I loved that. Not an unusual, actually, uh, <laughs> announcement for when I walk into any establishment. So. Yeah, there's just lots, lots to oh, love man. about it. You should check it out. It's just outside, a, just across the highway from Red Deer. Yeah, kind of a hidden gem, I'd say. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. I'm digging the posters on the walls. Uh, just being on location reminds me of other locations, and you should check out Blind Man's Patios. It's patio season coming up. They have two perfect patios to enjoy a yeah. beer on a hot day, which we haven't really had a hot day yet, but that's coming up. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's so many great things on tap, and um, if you haven't been to Blind Man Brewery yet in Lacombe, uh, you need to get there. They have a beautiful tap room and really, really awesome patios. Yeah. I am mm-hmm. looking forward to a kettle sour on the patio yeah. soon. Maybe we'll record there. Yes. That'd be fun. You can tell summer's here when that stuff's starting to happen. My recommendation is um, a diner called Queen's Diner in Red Deer. <laughs> um, it's just a hidden gem. It's uh, <laughs> decor is beautiful. Um, the waitress called all my podcast gear just a bunch of in the way um, I just love it here so um, I say and we haven't even tried the food yet so I guess yeah, be, true. I guess stay tuned folks 
Um, Queen's Diner, my recommendation. And uh, my recommendation is a podcast. Uh, Harmonious get, Gentleman. Uh, yeah, I guess that's an okay one. I, I listen to that once in a while. Um, only when I'm on that episode is the only time I... <laughs> Uh, no, the, the podcast I recommend is uh, Getting Curious with Jonathan Van Ness. Uh, he's uh, one of the uh, people on Netflix's Queer Eye, and he basically just interviews uh, experts in random fields. So um, he did uh, an episode on uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer where he interviewed mm-hmm. a theologian. Um, really good episode. He did one against anti-vaxxers, so that's a good episode. Really? Uh, yeah. it's uh, Against them? Okay, good. Okay. Yeah. Gonna say, yeah. So, can we have a podcast that finally, like, no, I'm not going there. If you want an anti, or how about just a vaccination episode? Let us know. Yeah, I feel like it might be a short one. Yeah, we're not really experts, and I think we all agree. So, it's, yeah. but we've all been vaccinated. Speak for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a really good podcast, so I, I highly What's recommend it. it. Uh, Getting curious with awesome. Jonathan Van Ness. Awesome. Oh, sounds good. All right, guys. Let's uh, now that that's out of the way. Let's dive right in. Let's talk about politics. Woo. All right. So we record in Alberta. We all live in Alberta, and there was an election recently where we have a new premier who's been elected, Jason Kenny. Jason Kenny and. I don't, I don't know. It's leading up to the election. It was kind of like this. Um, it seemed very frantic. It seemed very like that's all everyone was talking about. Yeah. Um, I teach high school social studies, so I did talk about it a lot. Um, and then it happened. And I think the day after I talked about it quite a bit. And then since then, I haven't talked much about it. So... I don't know, maybe we could talk about, just think back, let's reflect on the whole season of election. And what is that like? And Peter, you're, you're not even from Canada. Yeah. So maybe you could tell us your perspective on That's a provincial election here, too. Like, how did you feel your first Canadian election? How did it well, go? Well, it's actually not my first Canadian oh, election. I, I oh. lived in Ontario uh, oh, okay. when uh, the Liberal Party, the federal election. Okay. Were, yeah. Um, but... It's, you know, one of the things that concerns me is I feel like elections here are becoming more like elections in the States, mm. where, like, uh, we view the other side as the uh, complete enemy and they're going to destroy all of civilization. And that's, yeah. I saw that pretty heavily, uh, that the NDP, they're going to destroy us if they win, or the Conservative Party, they're going to, or UCP, I should say, mm-hmm. are they're going to destroy us if they win. And it's... Uh, um, I think that's a very American attitude with politics. I feel like it's drifted up here, which really concerns me. Right. I, I, one of the things that even kids in high school identify as a strength about Alberta and Canada is multiculturalism and the respect for other people's opinions. And when you kind of have that, um, that the other side kind of talks like you're, you're mentioning, you're right. That's a, that's not a good, um, that's not a good quality where it's not about getting along no matter who who's in but being fearful of the other side that's that's just not a great place to start but and i wonder if that comes from the success of certain candidates in the states you know trump style politicians where 
maybe our politicians see that working and being successful and kind of wading in a little bit in Canada. Um, and then it's like, do you think it's working? Like, do you think the people are, are, are do you no, know what I mean? Like none of the candidates here remind me of Trump. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that we okay. have like Trump style candidates, right. uh, but what I see is like these, uh, social wedge issues that political parties are, uh, really hammering on. So it's causing divisions. You especially see those divisions between, um, uh, urban areas and rural areas and that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. so like, uh, so these social issues are causing huge divides and right. turning the other side into the enemy. So right. it's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I remember in the weeks leading to the election, some people openly saying they're only voting on one, on one issue. Yeah. Which isn't, yeah, I'm not really opposed to that or anything, but, um, but I guess thinking on it, like, is that, that's why campaigns are structured the way they are because they know people are going to vote on one issue. So they're going to hammer that issue. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's I'm, effective. I'm yeah. actually opposed to that one issue sort of thing. Like most of my family in the States, they vote on one issue. I'm like, yeah. life is more complicated than just right. this one <laughs> issue that, yeah. that you hammer. Like it's, like, and I'm not saying that certain issues are very important to to individuals, but uh, I think it's wrong and does disservice if you boil a candidate down to one issue. Yeah, should yeah. that should that person not vote then? Right. That's this is where mm-hmm. I've had this conversation. It goes they they care really strongly about one issue and they don't know much about the rest. Should they are they just not informed enough to vote then, or should they vote? based on their their gut on that issue that's that's where I kind of turned a little bit I'd rather them vote yeah everybody should vote and if they have if they're passionate about even one thing yeah it might not be ideal for the democratic process but I think what you're saying ties into two party systems a little bit more Mm -hmm. where they can latch on to one thing you know our side does this your side doesn't end of story Whereas in Canada, a strength is that we have multi-party, and I feel like this election, there really weren't, there were two options. You basically only had two options, if you were realistically going to be influencing the outcome. Though I do think that two, a two-party system has its strengths as well. Okay. It's harder for a two-party system for a radical candidate to get in, even though I do believe that happened about? in the States. <laughs> but it is, it is harder to have... Uh, um, a political party, if it's a two-party system, to have one of those political parties go fringe. Right. Uh, but I think one has, so I'm not saying it's impossible. Yeah, I would sort of say that is kind of happening a little yeah. bit, but, yeah. So I guess in Alberta, I just felt like it's just too bad that we had basically your, your two sides. And there's some parties that I think didn't pull well and didn't end up doing yeah. well at all. If you look mm. at the results, completely polarized with two parties. Um the results yeah. are pretty interesting. The really yeah. high voter turnout for yeah. Alberta, like highest in a long time. I Amazing. think it was 64%. So that's not like earth shattering, but oh. fairly high. And and the popular vote was won by the UCP quite easily, 54%, yeah. which is yeah. very high for a, in a more than a two-party system, right? So, Which from right. what I understand, polls had sort of suggested for a long time. Like it really wasn't going to be close. It wasn't a surprise. No, no. Yeah. Do you think, what was the big issue, do you think, in this latest election? Oh boy, there's. I feel like I have my answer, but I'm just wondering what you guys think. Let's just take a uh, drink of coffee and we'll come back on that. Okay. 
I was in Calgary on the weekend walking through the neighborhood of Kensington. We were looking for a, a good restaurant. And uh, you know how there's, if you've been there, there's kind of graffiti or posters up on poles or certain walls that are under construction. Yeah. And uh, one thing, I saw a guy taking a picture. I, wonder, I thought, oh, I wonder what that is. And I ended up taking a picture too. It's a black and white image of Jason Kenny smiling and then superimposed over top of his head is the phrase, no jobs on a dead planet. And it was kind of the first um, sort of, you know, post-election feedback I had seen on anything. And this is kind of graffiti style. Yeah. It's, yeah, an interesting image. And I just thought, yeah, oh, there's a, a statement being made right. made there. And Well, his, his campaign was heavily on creating jobs. Right. Yeah. So, um, I guess, for so, listeners who didn't follow us closely. Yeah. But... So if like, you, if like one of the questions I was wondering was if was there a single issue for this yeah. past election and I would say a major issue was the economy and if right. you're if you don't have a job and you're thinking that a guy like Kenny is going to change things in the 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 economic climate of a province yeah yeah I can see why you'd you'd vote for him right or, may, or maybe you maybe not so much he's going to make jobs but like things like like a carbon tax which you can well. It's easier to say I can get rid of something that yeah. will lessen the burden on people. Actually, in um, today's the day, I think they're voting to okay. eliminate that okay. in Alberta. So that's that's probably more of what that poster is referring to, right? Where it's like, right. this party didn't really have a climate plan whatsoever. It wasn't really part of their plan. Right. Whether that means they don't have one yet or they don't believe it's necessary, you yeah. can have your own opinions on that. I think it's a short-term view that would be the criticism of Kenny, sure. right? Sure. Like, and, and talk about an easy election uh, slogan too, right? Like, hey, this government gave you an extra tax and we're going to take it away. Like, it doesn't get any easier than that, right? It was kind of on a silver platter. So for a lot of people, right. that made voting, I think, a pretty easy choice. Right? Yeah. Oh, Fran's here with the food. Oh. So I'm just going to narrate this part. Chris is now handing a delicious-looking platter of food uh, to oh, Peter. That, that looks delicious. Bacon and tomato going to... Oh, no, that was Chris's. Um, wow, that looks good. Thank you. Tyler That's a lot of food. bacon. Oh, oh, oh boy. There, there's a mix-up. I've got the royal he had here. royal. I had classic. That's mine. Thank you. Nice. The classic. Okay, awesome. Thanks, Fran. Thanks, Fran. Looks delicious. Right. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Um, so election issues. Do, do we <laughs> pray on the podcast before we eat? How does this work? Well, we, you know, somebody needs to bless the food. I think maybe Fran already did. I don't know. Maybe we'll just pause for a sec. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm going to go on a little rant. Um, there's a lot I love about this city. And uh, in Red Deer, I love the trail system. I love uh, Pastor Peter, but there's some things about it I don't love. And uh, during the election, I, w- I would find myself getting really, really angry at bumper stickers uh, around here. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, okay. I know what a bumper sticker is. <laughs> Thank you. So in case you don't know, no, I just I, 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 we talked earlier about like divisive politics, and I think there's no better way to kind of like just see it on a day-to-day basis than just drive around the city. And not to pick on trucks, but that's primarily where I would see them. Not always, but mostly trucks. With with phrases like, you know, F, F Notley, F Trudeau, middle fingers. Just, you know, kind of crude stuff. And like I feel, not that I'm against swearing um, at all. 
but I felt like that does nothing good for any anyone. Like I feel like that doesn't do anything for our discussions or politics or respect or empathy or anything that we should involve in our political discussions. Like it just it just tears it all down. I, I feel like, and even for me. So just like a volatility in the. It's just so it's so gross and it's so unnecessary and it's so childish too. Like you know what I mean? Like you see these kids getting into these trucks with a giant middle finger in the back, and it's like what? That's not teaching any kind of skills to understand people or. I don't know. I, it, it seems frivolous. It's just a sticker. You know, some people think it's funny and they just laugh it off. But I, I don't know. I think it. The, the more I see, and I would see it on a daily basis at least, the more yeah. it upset me. And I don't know if you guys kind of get that same anger that I got. But I, I really was angry when I would see that. One of the things that makes me upset is when I see Confederate flags. Like when I first moved yeah. here and saw Confederate flags everywhere. Yeah. And that doesn't make sense to me because, one, like that's an American issue, like an issue in the States. Why is that here? Uh, like I understand that like it's often seen as a sign of small government, but there's so much political baggage within that. And it's very poisonous, I think. So like I find that more offensive than even the bumper stickers of right. seeing Confederate flag uh, stickers or license plates or whatever. I think people just think it looks cool. Like I talked about that with some high school students and they, they recognize the flag. And they, they even said, like, yeah, I've seen that on cars, and it, I had no idea that's what it meant. And I have a feeling that's true for for a lot of people. Um, and then, but I think it goes kind of with that middle finger bumper sticker, right? Like, it's this, I, I maybe I do know, but I don't care, right? Or it, it seems ironic to me that someone would have a big middle finger um, on their bumper sticker. They're just kind of saying, I don't care but then also make like a political statement, right? Like mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of saying like, I don't care about it, but I'm going to say something to end the conversation or um, to make it really clear what side I'm on. And yeah, so it bugs me too, for sure. And I'm driving, I commute to work every day. So I see I'm on the highway behind these bumper stickers all the time. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't want to, I could be wrong on this one, but I, I sort of feel like um, it'd be cool if I didn't see that so much in terms of my making a, a good decision. Like, I don't want to be a conservative or a liberal or an NDP voter. I want to be a voter that takes it in every every time and hears what everyone has to say. Hmm. But if I keep seeing those bumper stickers, which I could be wrong, but I almost 99% of them are completely from the right wing ripping on the left wing politicians. Not surprising in Alberta, I suppose, in, in a lot of ways, but... That just kind of almost wrecks the party for me in a way, too. Like, it makes me a lot less willing to engage in debate with a conservative person when that's in my mind. And I know not all conservatives, by a long shot, actually would put that on their truck. And, like, no. that's unfair, and I wouldn't make that's that generalization. Right. And, and, and I'm not trying to. But I'm just saying, for me, it does affect how I think about a party. It does affect how I think about voters. And it does make me more cynical. And I and that just sucks. Like, I just wish it didn't happen that way. Yeah. Right? And so conservative party leaders, get get those fringe people in order. You know, call them out on that stuff more. Yeah, I've got you an know, idea like, for some bumper stickers for this next, like with this new oh. cycle. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a big thumbs up, and it's gonna say, <laughs> "I didn't uh, vote for our current government, and I'm a little bit against what they stand for." <laughs> <laughs> that's very. That sounds the most Canadian bumper sticker ever. Well, okay, so when you yeah. when you're voting and. You know, I've talked to people who have voted and they're proud to say they voted NDP, you know, every election since they were 18. Or 
I bleed blue as a conservative. Yeah. Um, in my own experience, I've voted for different parties federally and provincially. And when I make my decision casting a vote, I'm thinking usually for myself about the candidate in my own riding. I'm just wondering, is that uncommon? How do you guys typically vote? So hmm. are you thinking, I'd like to elect this premier, so I've got to go with that party? Or are you thinking about where you live and that person would represent me best? I tend to think the way you vote is probably ideal, and I don't think that's the direction that we're going. Is that fair, do you think? Like, I think it's easier to make the national news and the, and the leaders the cult personality kind of thing, and then you just follow suit in your own writing. So maybe we'd be, we'd be better off if we thought that way, Chris, if we actually took our local candidates seriously and hear what they had to say. I could be wrong, but... But I think uh, it's we're not a two-party system, but like we mentioned before, it feels that way. We sort of act like it, right? Yeah, so sometimes when you see on your ballot six, six parties, and because we're a first-past-the-post it limits like those bottom four parties. It's like, what's the point of voting for them? Right. So I definitely have those thoughts. Um, when I'm in the act of voting, I even actually had my, my daughter with me voting and I almost, I knew this would be probably not legal, but I was going to, I just wanted her to just pick, (laughs) right? Like like at this point, like in my, in my riding, like what I'm voting for doesn't, really matter is kind of the thoughts I had but then I thought well it does matter like it does show even if you vote for a party that's not one of those top two oh, and it matters it still that you shows that they have some support to vote right yeah. and like people do look at the popular vote and kind of consider it but I kind of wish we were more proportionate sometimes what what does your uh, voting ballot look like so when you vote what yeah what does the actual ballot six names or depending how many are in your right alphabetically yeah jason kenny's name was the biggest font like really large font (laughs) jason kenny wouldn't appear on our ballot because he's not in our he's not the mla in our riding right but so you don't vote for anything else is this the mla that's yeah, we in the states. Yeah. I know you could have like a proposition on your ballot, or a, well, like when I vote in the states, there's about thirty things I vote for: judges um, and judges, sheriffs, and uh, even like state universities, the people on their board. Um, uh, it's a, it's you have to do a ton of research uh, to vote on a ballot in the states. Uh, though um, there's what you call straight ticket um, voting, which is the lazy way where you just. Uh, uh, fill in the bubble for the political party you like and every candidate related to that political party will automatically be voted for. Oh, oh really? And so... That's interesting. Well, that's, that's really interesting. Kind of the opposite just, of what Chris was saying. Yeah, so yeah. you just vote for party uh, is what a lot of people do. I never do that. I fill in... I'm glad we I don't have I take the that. time to fill in yeah. each... Uh, do you think that's vote. that? But that's probably not the majority of voters. What do you think? What's your uh, take? The majority of the people vote for the party. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it's easy. People don't want to vote. Yeah. And it takes. Or they don't take, want to do the research, right? They don't want to do the research. And it takes time to fill in uh, every single um, uh, bubble of uh, right. who to vote for. So. So are you guys cynical about democracy are you like my vote doesn't matter no matter who i vote for winning party or not it's gonna this is gonna be the case Uh, at times i feel cynical but i i I have not lost faith in our system like i i'm not it's not a lost cause like i like that we had really good voter turnout yeah I, i think my the thing i'm worried about is just what Peter started off talking about was just like the state of our discourse. Like it's not yeah. healthy. Like yeah. it's, and it's not going in a healthy direction. Like we need to stop vilifying. Like 
you were saying people vote for their party. But you know why? Because they think the other party is evil. Like they can't bring themselves to vote because they literally think that they're evil people, or and they want to destroy the families or tear down. You know, that, that's. Yeah, most most of my family, uh, they are diehard Republicans, and I grew up believing that, that Democrats were evil and that Christians cannot be a Democrat. It's impossible for a Christian to be a Democrat, um, and so those those sort of things are just built into us since we were little kids. You're not ticking right. off boxes if that's the case. Like you're, yeah, you're, like you know. you're just voting Republican because to vote Democrat is a sin. I have a friend who who was convinced that like the devil's best trick in politics was to separate um, Christian ideals into two parties. So you take like the social conscience, give that to the left, and you take the conservative ideals about certain things, like even fiscal policies, right? Um, and put that on the right, and then have Christians bicker over it, and nobody ever makes decisions because they're if they hold one of those things more important than the other, yeah, um, yeah. they can never decide on what party to vote for. Well, I, in reflection, in reflecting on this past election, I, I noticed that I got pretty caught up in, in this whole divisiveness thing. Like I was caught up in the the fear of one party or the other, and um, yeah, and I didn't. And now that it's over, like I realized kind of how silly that was. Like our system has so many checks and balances in it, where like a lot of what people were saying during their campaigns like does take time to 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 happen and or the fear mongering is exactly that like it's not going to be as bad as maybe it's communicated and also like i since then i've been off social media so yeah that also it makes like, a big difference that was a big difference like during the the month leading up to the election uh twitter wasn't a healthy healthy place to have conversations about about politics is it ever? No, probably not. So you've held I mean, till that can't. last recommendation of staying off social media. Yeah, I still haven't gone. Good on. job. Yeah. Me too. I'll go on Twitter on my computer sometimes, but not my phone anymore. Yeah. So it's been going good. Yeah. Hey guys, we should. Um, well, that wasn't so bad, right? Yeah, we were pretty harmonious. Yeah. I mean, we didn't really get into the fundamental ways we disagree on things, but Peter jabbed me with a fork when I said that thing about Democrats. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I think we agree on almost everything. So maybe, maybe, I mean, nobody's happy with the trend of vilifying the other side. At least no one really should be. No, go. go We uh, really enjoyed arguing about candy a few weeks back. um, Not being harmonious. And I think we're going to do that again today where we were all tasked with picking the best politically, no, political movie. So political themes, political situations, movie. And we have our choices, and we're now going to tell each other why ours is best. No holds barred. Just going at it in Queens. Diner. Hardcore. Shirts off. Hats backwards. <laughs> I'm going to win. Kind of like the other customers and here. Peter, it's hilarious that he would say that because the opposite's going to happen. So stay tuned. <laughs> So my favorite political movie, well, it's hard to put, have a category of political movies, I think. It's usually not what I think of when I think of movie categories. But my favorite is Lincoln, uh, directed by Steven Spielberg, uh, based on the book by uh, Team of Rivals by uh, Doris Kearns Goodwin, um, uh, starring Daniel Day-Lewis. That is, I watched that again last night, and I cry at so many spots in the movie. So that's what... 
Like when Thaddeus Stevens comes home with the, the 13th Amendment. Oh, man, I just break down every time. So That is a good movie. Yeah. I mean, I, you're wrong. Is it being the best one? You're wrong. Oh, no, it's the best one. Wow. 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, man, mine's going to blow yours away. Just even it. Just by Rotten Tomato scores, if that's the only measure. It's not even close to the wonderful movie Dave, starring Kevin oh. Klein. <laughs> and uh, he is yeah. a... Uh, well, Kevin Klein is an actor in the movie who... who plays the part of the president at little uh, get-togethers, and then the actual president has a stroke, but they want to hide the fact that that's happened, so they hire him to fill in for the president, and all kinds yeah. of fun shenanigans ensue. I mean, if hijinks is your thing, I guess. If hijinks yeah. and American politics, and they go hand-in-hand, hand, are your thing. <laughs> they really do, yeah. You're going to love Dave with, yeah, it's it's great. 95% yeah. on tomato meter. Take yeah, that. but, but those Take that, well, that does not determine. No, but it matters to Peter, what, so I'm just using know, that as an what argument. What year did that come out, though? I think it's like '93 or yeah. something. The, it's yeah, old. that doesn't count. The score, yeah, Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> only counts after like politics only have count. Okay, after two that. good choices, guys. I'm not gonna lie. Like that's those are like the Smarties, you know, and dark chocolate versions. Um, oh, I, I don't mind that. Which are okay. And Smarties won last time, so the best movie. Obviously, it's the King's Speech. There's uh, no better movie that deals in politics than the King's Speech. If you haven't seen it, you need to watch it. The best part about King's Speech is you hear the plot and you're like, I don't want to watch that. Why would I ever want to watch a movie about a guy ascending the throne who has a speech impediment, <laughs> who has a, a speech coach, Jeffrey Rush? But it is amazing. And it's it's emotional. It, the acting is ridiculous. Colin Firth, um, Helena Bonham Carter. Anyway, 94 Rotten Tomatoes, not as high. I'm okay with calling that second place. That is, that a, good is a really good yeah. movie. Yeah, that King's is a good is. contender for Lincoln. Yeah. But Daniel Day-Lewis, you really cannot beat him know, as an actor. But so. I just feel like you're wrong. Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> lost the role to Jeffrey Rush in the King's Speech. He did? Really? No, I don't know. But that'd be cool. <laughs> that be a cool side story. Daniel yeah. Day-Lewis turns down almost every movie role. Like, he actually, he played Helena Bottom Carter playing the role in King's Speech. <laughs> <laughs> and should have won an Oscar. Should have won two Oscars for that. All right, Ty. So, honestly, King's Speech was going to be my my choice, too. Oh. But then I no, realized what? it's actually not the best movie. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I have a few that are better than the three that you guys mentioned. Oh, come but on. Wow, a few. I'll uh, I'll go with I'm deciding right now which one I'm gonna say V for Vendetta. Oh, mm. it's like a revolutionary. Yeah. It's yeah. a movie about revolution. Yeah, yeah that counts. Yeah. And it's yeah. Uh, yeah, it's. But I feel like Tyler, how can you pick a movie that's not even as good as the graphic novel it's based on as the best? Yeah, movie? that's. Well, that's it's often still, the case, it's better though. than the movies you pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's mm. political, highly political. Interesting. There's, okay. there's action. It's there's, a good movie. It's thought provoking. Yeah. It's the the fascinating thing with that movie is the focus is more on political theory. Uh, so right. Yeah. 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 And I, so I think it, that it, is intriguing. It transcends like British politics or American politics. Mm. It's but if you really want to go for that type of movie, then Starship Troopers has to be. Uh, okay, I was gonna uh, pick that. I'm not even geez, kidding. I that love is, that movie. That I'm really unapologetic about it. Should we all it. agree it that so that is good. the best movie? <laughs> let's, just, let's just bring it back in. Have yeah. you seen it? But that's too harmonious. Starship Troopers. No. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie. No. Do you want to know more? No, not really. Oh. What's the Rotten Tomatoes score? <laughs> it's yeah. probably really low. It's I don't. Probably. I actually have no idea. So it's pretty campy. Can you recap the four movies as I check? Okay, the four movies as chosen in counterclockwise order. Peter picked Lincoln. Uh, Chris picked uh, Dave. <laughs> I almost forgot what I chose there. 
Uh, Graham had a good choice in the King's speech, and Tyler wrapped it up with V for Vendetta. If you haven't seen any of those, check them out. Starship Troopers is 64. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it is awesome. Okay, thanks, guys. That was that was fun. I mean, I, I love hearing your opinions. I always love when I'm sort of in, I'm correct. Like, I was like knowing <laughs> that I won, and I feel like I won. Yeah, well, maybe next time. Yeah. We could have a... <laughs> A prize for the first uh, listener to respond with their um, choice from R4. You know what? I feel like that we shouldn't do that because my confession is that I have not given out my prize to Karina yet. Uh, okay, I, I just edit that out. I haven't given mine out to Andy. So if you so we want a hypothetical <laughs> prize, you can still <laughs> write it. This is why nobody listens to us. Like they we, tried we don't it. follow through on our promises. Oh, we're like every man. politician we out there are. that has just failed us. Oh, oh my goodness, we're divisive. We're like Trudeau. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Mm. Let's, let's end with and that. And you just won all the let's, listeners' hearts back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Our Kay. motto should not uh, be that. Uh, yeah. Right. Confessions. Okay, for confessions, we are wrapping up our diner experience. The bill's coming. The food was so good. Was yeah, it not it was, so good? It was delicious. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. Great Lots place. Lots of bacon. Lots of bacon. Yes. If good. you like bacon, come here. Um, so we're going to go rapid fire. If you have a confession, share it. If you don't, don't worry about it. Mine, I already said, uh, I owe a gift card to a, an avid listener. It's coming, I promise. I, I literally have it at home. But my confession is I keep forgetting. Yeah, mine is also that I owe a prize to a listener and it will happen on sunday all right deadline Let's see if i follow through peter i have nothing he's lived a pure life he's these a last man over here right. i am a yeah. pastor so it's, it's the hardest segment for you yeah i can't i can't think of anything either okay well that was a really fun uh talk <laughs> Thank you for sharing. <laughs> wow, our lives are boring. Like, yeah. <laughs> Guys, this was fun recording yeah, the diner. This was really cool. Um, thanks for listening. If you if you listened, uh, it's a shorter episode, but you understand we're a little bit constricted here by circumstance, and we're gonna say goodbye. Yeah. yeah. Any I, actually, oh, I did think of a confession. <laughs> oh. And it's uh it's that I voted for the Alberta Separationist Party. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you were the one. <laughs> that was the one. <laughs> That's the most harmonious thing you could do. <laughs>